Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello, I am Adam, of course, of Wrestle Talk. I am joined by. A former NXT Tag Team Champion. I'm joined by a man with a Wrestling Observer five-star match under his belt. And more important than any of those, I'm joined by a one-time WCPW Champion. Formerly Killian Dane. Big Demo's with me. Big Demo, how the devil are you? You missed finding member of BX. Come on. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you, you completely missed that part of the, uh, the story. <laughs> I, oh, I, I wish I had the shirt still. I wish I had the it shirt. Was very, you gave me like a 5XL or something. It was hilarious. But uh, no, I, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you, Adam? It's been so long. I know. We gave you a very big shirt, but a very small belt, if I remember right. Oh, my right. God. Like, it was like a child's belt. And like, I, remember, I remember when I think Joseph Connors took the belt. Suddenly, it was massive. So people are thinking, like, I'm like, there's this massive disparity between us as humans. Like, no, no, it's just a different belt. You know what I mean? You're a colossus. Um, wow. We will, we will get to uh, WCPW memories a little later on uh, in the hour. Uh, so let, let's talk about the, uh, the negative first, obviously. Let's get that out of the way. So you were released from WWE as part of the release on June 25th. You put out a tweet. On the day, uh, I just sort of wanted to ask you, like, how the timeline of that day went, like, um, how were you contact, uh, contacted, uh, how you felt at the time, and obviously now that there's been a little bit of time in between, how you feel now? Uh, so, talking about a timeline, so I went in to the PC at about one o'clock uh, every Friday. It's like an open practice, so there's no, like, rigid classes. Um, anybody who wants to go in can go in. Uh, so I went, I was going in every Friday with... Uh, Myself, Tim Thatcher, and a bunch of others would go in because Hideki Suzuki and Robbie Brookside were, were the, the coaches on hand. Um, so I, I'd, li- I'd like to go in. We'd work with some of the younger lads or we'd you know, do a bit of catch rest and whatever else. Um, so that's that's what we were generally doing every Friday. So I'm, I'm actually in in work, and one of the, the boys turned joint and says, uh, such and such being released. And I was like, oh, Christ. So go and look at my phone. And sure enough, uh, I had to call the um, uh, the, the 
the lads in charge and, and find out that I was released myself. So uh, at first, you know, you're, you're, you're a little shell-shocked, but at the same time, with how everything's gone this last year, it's really hard. It was really hard not to see it coming in, in one way. Um, but insofar as, you know, being on television so much and being involved in stories and angles and things like that, you know, that's where the surprise was. Um, honestly, the only thing I'd gotten was positivity uh, from every, like we did like uh, shows where we came in and, and, and did like shows in front of like um, just the PC uh, to help some of the younger talent, you know, and, and you know, they're also thankful that, that, you know, you volunteer to do these things. Um they're thankful you come in to, to classes and, and work with, with, with newer people. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> you get let go like the week later, but listen, like I, I the, the truth of the matter is like your name's going to come up one day. Um, and I was always aware of that I've been very, very lucky. We managed to get through five years almost of, uh, of work in this company um, through some crazy times and periods, especially through COVID. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I honestly expected, serious uh talks a year ago um and they never came so you know i, I got very lucky that when the year the, everything was shut down i was employed and, and I, I i had no uh, no dock of pay or anything like that so you know I, i've been very blessed in that regard um and you know I'm, I'm being released into the world as everything's opening up again so you know th there's a huge part of luck um on on my part with that um so you know yes i, I was pissed off yes angry whatever else uh, yes, I want to rub it in their face, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm very aware of, of um, how lucky I am that, that it worked out the way it did, because had this been a year ago, you know, there would have been a lot more uh, strains in my entire life, to be honest, um, and thankfully it didn't work out that way, because I'm even thinking last year, I, I wouldn't have been able, like, you know, your your visa technically ends and stuff like that, so what would I have done? You know, there's a lot of ifs and buts, because you know, the, the departments um, in the government um, all changed over because of the, the change in administration. So I really don't know what, what would have happened um, as a foreigner living in America had that all happened last year. Sure. It's, a, it's a lot different this year. You know, everything's, you know, everybody's in place now and, and whatever else. Um, and, and government buildings are open, you know. <laughs> um, but last year, you know, this could have been very awkward. So, listen, I, I, you know, as pissed off as I am, that there's also a part of me that's like, you know, this could have been a lot worse. So. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of someone, right, who, who was going through it last year and someone who uh, is actually still with the company, uh, obviously Drake Maverick, um, like you guys were really forming something there in, in NXT. Obviously, he, he left and came back in, in a very kind of blurred lines uh, situation, like where the fiction, where the reality was. Uh, obviously, like it felt like there was so much meat left on the bones of that story. You mentioned in a, another interview that obviously COVID yep. derailed uh, a lot of stuff, but do you know where it was going? Like I, what your creative input was in at, that story? Um, at one point, like literally see before uh, I got COVID at the end of last year, like we had so much lined up and, and ready to go. Um, they were going to run like a, a whole fan related thing where the fans chose what her name was going to be and like it, and just you can imagine like how drake would have led all this you know so like it would have been a lot of sighing and uh for me <laughs> i imagine yeah. um, you know there, there was a bunch of things that you know we were literally about to start but then we couldn't um you know because literally i i this this is this will sound crazy i had been very lucky the entire time i isolated really hard last year and um, the only th only place I went to was to the supermarket uh, or I went to work um, and I happened to go in to work for the first time I went to the PC 
Um, I, I met nobody except for Drake. Um, we, we just were rolling around doing whatever. And the next day I tested positive. Um, so I didn't even integrate with anybody else other than him. And he didn't even get COVID. So we, we couldn't figure out where it came from. Uh, I was lucky I didn't get sick, though. I, I was asymptomatic at the time. Um, I got sick. Funny, I got sick about six months later. I got I got flu, which was even more crazy. Like, but um, I, I was very lucky when I did have it. But being asymptomatic still means I could have spread it and everything else. So, course, yeah. um, you know, I, I was off TV for for two weeks, three weeks, whatever way it worked out. And then I think whoever we were meant to be feuding with, I think one of them ended up, you know, um, having it, and then they were off TV. So everything kind of got slightly derailed, and you know we were a month behind and then we, we kind of started again in, on a different path. Um, but you know, that's, that has been the story of the last year. You know, I, I think like, I understand, you know, people, you know, get annoyed watching wrestling, whatever else, you know, as, as normal fans do of normal products, but like the constraints this year were, were crazy. Um, and like, I, I, I do tip my hat off to everybody who had a good match this year. Um, because, you know, there, there's times where they're wrestling in front of televisions uh, and they're still having good matches, you know what I mean? And, and you know, for us, like, we had, like, 30 fans in the building, you know, for a, a huge period in NXT. And, you know, that's great, but, you know, it's not 300 people. It's not 3,000 people. You know, it's not 30,000 people. So, um, you know, it, it was it was something, but, you know, it wasn't much. And, you know, guys, I remember, like, some of the lads having ladder matches and stuff in front of no people, and you're just like, uh. jeepers, you know. Um, you know, so fair play to everybody this year. And, and you know, I'm not going to bury the creative team because they had a very difficult uh, run of this. Uh, every week it was always something else, somebody else, you know, or multiple people. There was a period where a huge bunch um, who didn't get it, they were just in contact with somebody, you know, so you're automatically having to, to isolate and things like that. So, And then the international talent who get stuck abroad and blah, blah, blah. So there was all kinds of crazy things that happened this year. And in a, in a perfect world, if we'd have been in front of crowds, you know, I think, you know, people would have um, really appreciated it because Drake's an unbelievable baby face. And I think it would have been a lot more fun um, doing this whole story with, you know, the crowd there to enjoy it properly. Um, as it was, you know, with the 30, 40, 50 people gave us everything they had. And we really appreciated that as it was. Um, but I think we would have got a fair indication of, of, of what, how people felt about us. Mm. Um, we, we started to notice they started to really like us. We wrestled like Brizango and MSK, who we just assumed we would play the villain role uh, against them because I'm technically a villain stuck with a baby face who, who I hate. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it turned out they were really behind us. And that's all credit to Drake Maverick because, you know, he's an un incredible baby face. Um, and I think like he's almost, he's almost out of time in a way because you could have slot him in 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, whereas now people expect their baby faces to be a little bit grittier and everything else. The fact that he is that little bit cheesy or camp or whatever way you want to put it. Um, I think it kind of sets him apart and, you know, fingers crossed for him going forward. I think he could help anybody and slot in anywhere. You know, he was a great guy to, to play with and, and have fun with. Um, all of the stuff you saw on screen were literally us in real life because hmm. my my entire existence around spud is like oh jesus he won't just shut up <laughs> he keeps talking he's doing oh my god what's he saying he's buying this week or whatever you know and i'm like you know that, that that's literally our our actual um life you know we've hung out a few times uh recently because england's been playing in the euro 2020 and stuff like that course, went yeah. up to his house a couple of weeks ago and stuff so coming home but like yeah, yeah well yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> a big win yesterday so you know uh but uh they the, uh you know, for, for Drake, you know, it's been very funny because when we do hang out outside of this, it's very similar to what we were doing on screen. So, so it was very easy to, to, to settle into that that uh, that team, I can tell you that. 
Who would have thought that pairing you with a much smaller camper <laughs> British man would pay off? If only Word, that had been that happened before. If only that had been prototyped somewhere, <laughs> and you just know there's magic. There's magic to be woven. Oh, if only someone had seen, you know, that 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 that, that the summer of beauty that was you know. <laughs> summer. The summer of BX. Long may it rain. Uh, so obviously, uh, speaking of people who who are who are still there, obviously your wife Nikki Cross is there, and in in a lot of ways, beginning sort of the first steps of a new journey over there. Uh, what's that kind of like like? Um, obviously, you've you've made your your thoughts on on her new gimmick clear. I'm, I actually side with you. I think the sillier the gimmick, and the more the more earnest the gimmick is. Does Does anyone remember Damien Sandow's body double gimmick? You know, it's very silly, but when you play it earnestly, you can re you can weave genuine babyface magic. But what's that? What's that kind of dynamic like at the moment is it kind of like coming home and hey how was work or do you oh, not want I'm, to kind I'm of i'm like uh, hey nikki you're the, you're the sugar mama now so you know you need to do well here so <laughs> no <laughs> um no i'd have all seriousness like um no i'm, I'm sure for her like you know it, it was because she was with us at training when we found out that i was uh, I, I was getting the hevo um and uh you know obviously there's a part of her that, that's that utterly gutted because you know we've done this journey together and we've been very lucky to have been able to do it together to be honest um but out of all seriousness, the best thing that happened to her was, you know, the split from Sanity worked out great for her because it, it got her a chance to to do her thing um, oh, and, yeah. and start exploring who she was. Uh, and then she goes to the main roster and then goes to Alexa. And then again, going away from Alexa is going to be, has been better for her as well because like being attached to somebody's great and everything else, but like, and, and they, they made some brilliant moments and they had, when they, they won at WrestleMania and everything, and it was fantastic. Um, but the truth is, you know, you need to flesh out who Nikki Cross is. And finally we're getting that opportunity. Um, like I, obviously I'm slightly biased, uh, but I don't work for the company anymore, so I can say what I want. So <laughs> when it comes to Nikki, I think she's an incredible talent and they'd be idiots to, to not be using her on a, on a regular basis. And I think they've kind of realized that. So just before they started the superhero character, somebody got sick or hurt or something and they needed Nikki to fill in. And like, they loved how she did that. They had her on TV week by week by week. The superhero thing wasn't meant to start this way at all. So, you know, they were just like, uh, let's just ride the momentum and go for it. And that, that's literally what they did. Um, and I'm so glad they did because sometimes when, you know, the stops start, it, it can take so long and then, you know, people lose interest and whatever else. But, you know, she's getting a chance to talk before every match, which is, you know, her at her, at her best um, is on a microphone. And obviously there's a slight difference in having to get her diction right uh, on, on an American product as it would be from back home it was a lot easier for to just be scottish you know and um, so here she has to be a little bit more wary like like drew galloway you know has been been great for her to to give advice on that because he went through the ringer when, when it came to his accent because he's from air which is a much thicker accent than than nikki's in glasgow um but nikki's having now you know to work a little bit harder on that and just so she can be you know as presentable as possible for for kids all, all across the world and you know i'm very excited going forward you know i said this uh i said this yesterday actually you know we need to have characters that kids can get behind um because that's what brought all of us in was was the the, the cartoon aspect of wf and wcw and like i can't i can't really think that we have too many at the minute because i know society is, is a lot grittier and everything these days and and whatever else but kids are still kids the teletubbies are still going you know what i mean so you know, you, you need Wait, to have, are they? Are they still going? I, I read a tweet yesterday that they're all vaccinated, so they must still be going, you know what I mean? So God, they must be so old and over the hill. Cards, so. Just, oh, I remember when this was all green. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in my day. You know. <laughs> the tubby the custard was, was a lot was a baby, not, not, a, not a full-grown woman, you know. 
<laughs> American fans just they absolutely it. no it's clue. It's okay. It's okay. Like, you can type it into Google. You know, it's your friend. Um, but no, honestly, like for me, having like a fun, energetic character who can who can fall and can fail, but can always pick herself back up again. And I think that's for me is incredibly important because you know we've went through this period for ages where everybody's a badass. I mean, come on, like, you know, we need to start thinking long term um, because, you know, how many badasses can, can work? You know, not that many. You can't have that many. But, you know, if we're all badasses, then who loses, you know? So it, it's great that, you know, she's willing to be, uh, you know, a little bit sillier, dorkier, whatever, you know, word the Americans want to say. Um, you know, camp is, is the perfect word for, for what we would say back home, you know what I mean? Um, because that, that, that's that's what it should be, because that's what wrestling was the, the entirety up until the last maybe 10 years or so. Um, we, we obviously, I know MMA has got massive and, and movies and TV shows. Everything's getting grittier and, and things have changed and whatever else. But, you know, to, to bring kids in, we need to make it fun. And, and, you know, she's definitely a character who can make it fun. And I'm really excited for it. And I hope that they, they keep using her the way they're using her right now. Absolutely. Um, I So you talk about, obviously, like you and Nikki, um, it was your journey together. Uh, obviously, Sanity uh, was something that you guys did together. So let's let's stick in NXT. Let's talk about uh, Sanity and sort of the creation of the group. You arrived into the group just slightly after it had formed. What was that like? Were you part of like the formation process? Do you feel like, oh, I'm walking into something that's kind of fully formed and you're just working to a brief? What was the kind of the creative behind it? Who was leading the creative? What Honestly, uh, I, I, I went to work one day. Uh, I think Terry Taylor came up to me and said, you're insanity or something like that. And I was like, what? Um, so the injury to Sawyer Fulton was was obviously massively unexpected. He tore his pack off his, off his uh, completely, he tore his pack off or something like that. So it was a terrible injury and it was really bad timing. Um, and I'd just been in NXT for about a month or so, uh, maybe less. I can't even remember. Um, and you know, you, you, you I, I wasn't expecting to be used on television until like maybe January or something like that. I think this was November. Um, and they decided, no, you're you're joining Sanity, and you know, it was the best and worst day of my life because you know Sawyer's a great fella, Jake is a lovely man, uh, and I genuinely hated that that I was replacing him. And you know, there's a part of you. It hates it from a professional point of view because you know your second choice. You're not, you know, it wasn't designed with you in mind and things like that. But there's the other party that's that's like you know, grow up. You know, this is this is what life is. Um, and uh, you know, it's everything I ever wanted was was to wrestle on uh, WWE television, and that's exactly what I was about to do. So, you know, I, I was really mixed emotions. I think that was that was one of the hardest days of my life because I think I went home afterwards like more gutted than anything else because I, I felt terrible. Um, but you know it's it's worked out for Jake, you know, long term, and and he's a great talent as it is, and I can only wish him the best. Um, you know, he's he's done very well to reinvent himself, and I think he'll he'll do more than fine. But you know, for for me, it was you know I'm working with Eric, uh, who I worked in in TNA, and I just immediately jammed with. He was a great great lad. I really liked him. Um, Axel, who I'd met not long before he left, for he went about a year ahead of of Nikki, um, and you know. I met him a few times at WXW. He gave me great advice for tryouts. So I immediately knew he was a decent fellow then. Um, and then, you know, when I, I heard when Nikki got here a few months before I did, and like he was looking after when they were at a, a like a, a the download festival, her and uh, him and Jake were looking after Nikki. And, you know, it's it just testament to how good people they were. And this is before Sanity was even being talked about as, a, as an actual stable. So, um, when uh, when you know I joined that group and I, I'm all these people who I really like already, um, 
you know, you're just like, it, it could be a lot worse than this, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's that was great. Like, with the, as far as the creative process, no, I wasn't involved at all at the beginning because, honestly, I, I, if, they, if they had an idea to put me in there, they never told me. Um, as far as I knew, I was going to be debuting in the, the UK tournament that was coming in the January, February. Ah. Um, that, that was my what I knew that I, how I was going to be starting. Um, there might've been something else like uh, thrown around, but you know, I wasn't really privy to it. Um, all I knew was, yeah, I'll be representing Northern Ireland in, in the UK tournament. Um, and then, you know, I joined Sanity instead. And like the idea of then going to represent Northern Ireland while also being crazy, you know, in America, it didn't really, it didn't really pay off, but I was gutted because I, I did. I was like, oh, I'll happily do both, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it, it didn't really work. I'll, out. I'll win the UK championship. Sure, That's sure, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll do that. You know, you want to pay me double three, I'll do, I'll do double. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, honestly, the, the way it worked out was great because I then, I never really uh, done much tag teaming. So myself and Wolf started teaming. Um, then I'd be doing six man uh, tags with with Eric as well. So that was a lot of fun. Like you know, because you, you know I love watching tag team wrestling. I just never really uh, tagged for for years. I, I was in a tag team um, uh, with with Scotty Rennick uh, years before that, but like I hadn't tagged for for years, um, like, at least four years or something. I'd only done like the occasional one off or whatever else. I'd been like <clears throat> almost exclusively a singles wrestler. So it was great to, to get in and, and, and try something new. And then like the stuff you can create in tag wrestling and six-man tag wrestling, and then all the multi-man matches we did, you know, were <clears throat> you know almost unlimited uh, concepts and ideas we could have. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of the guys we were working were incredible at that point. So, you know, Sanity ended up being so much fun for all of us. Um, and, uh, you know, like for us to be under EY's wing, uh, who so many years on television um, was brilliant because for the three of us uh, with limited TV, little bits here and there, obviously, you know, um, we'd all done a little bit, but like EY's extensive television um, experience just meant he was able to guide us where we needed it. And it, it was almost flawless for us. And you talk about as well, like gimmicks where it, it, they are high concept, but you like stick with them and you commit to them full, full throat. And it kind of, like you, you, people really respond to that. Like, like talk about sanity. Sanity starting off as heels, but because you kind of commit to this high concept, you became the baby faces. Which is, uh, was that in any way like the plan um, for you guys to emerge as these kind of almost underdog baby faces against authors of pain? No, or the, the truth was, I think they were trying to push authors of pain as the baby faces. To be honest, um, really? Oh wow! We were kind of surprised of because we like we we'd noticed that we were starting to get more and more. Uh, following and stuff like that on, on the house shows and whatever else. But I think, like, you know, they maybe had an idea, well, why don't we try Authors of Pain? They can go and be these two badass LOD-style um, wrestlers, and which they were, you know, they were both huge boys who could potentially do whatever. Um, but, like, leading up to that match, uh, us versus them, it was it was really noticeable. And, like, we did, like, these tapings leading up to the match with AOP, and the crowds covered totally behind us and we knew then yeah we were going to be the baby faces like but at one point um they were definitely going to be the the babies and i think that was the concept going into war games and um, where we would have been maybe the tweeners and they would have been the, the faces with roddy um but it, it, it didn't really work out that way um for whatever you know just as you say it was quite organic like it's a big production entrance the guys like axel and nikki committed so much mm -hmm. to the to the the 
the psychotic part. Um, it was a lot easier for me. They wanted me to be stoic. I was like, sweet. Um, <laughs> no problem. I will stand here and do it. Uh, and then EY, you know, you know, the raspy voice, like really like he was trying to replicate a little bit of, um, I don't know if you remember Iron Man 3, the Mandarin. Oh, yeah. Um, had some these really cool promos before he, he was, you know, exposed as being Trevor Slattery or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he was he was just edging on that kind of style. I love that because it just really played into, you know, the, the mastermind of these crazy people, these angry people. And um, But I think the main, the main two, uh, Wolf and, and Nikki, like, I think they really sold the gimmick um, because they were, you know, they really lost themselves in the act. Um, and if you'd seen Wolf before this, that was not who he was as a wrestler. At all. He's a very serious wrestler. He's this incredible catch wrestler that, um, <laughs> with with all this ability, and suddenly he's going nuts. He's like mosh pit fighting himself, you know. Um, and then Nikki just really took it to the next level, and and like good for her because Nikki was always like this this garbage heel on on the independence leading up to this you know whether she's in japan or america and shimmer um or she was in britain all across europe she was she was the larger than life Nick, uh, nikki storm this is awful person like i used to be cringing so much when i'm watching her because i'm like oh you're, you're you're terrible you are you know um and that's the funniest thing then she goes in she's playing a completely different role um in insanity and you know, I, I've mad respect for, for the two of them because they were sweating buckets every night because they were putting, you know, a serious shift in. And that was just for the entrance. Um, you know, whereas I just need to go, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, and EY is like, blah, 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 blah. It's pretty much the entire time. Like, uh, I don't think he was saying any words, but it looked like he was he was saying stuff to the camera, you know. Um, but like, honestly, like it was a brilliant experience for all of us. And I think their commitment was what really took us over the line and the crowd really responded. And I think, I think it helped that we were all foreign in a way as well, because, you know, EY was Canadian, uh, Wolf's German, uh, Nikki Scottish and, uh, you know, I'm Irish. So like, you know, maybe for people who, you know, were a little bit alternative, um, you know, with different backgrounds and stuff like that, they could resonate a little bit with us. I mean, Wolf was the first German on, on WWE television. So that was pretty momentous in itself. Uh, and we never really, celebrated it it was one of those crazy things that we didn't really make a big deal of because we weren't really meant to be nationalistic in any you know no, any specific sure. way you know what i mean you do um, feel it though it gives that kind of just not that like that slight outcast vibe to yeah, it yes yeah. absolutely uh, like and like we were following one of the things um you know i noticed a few years before that was you know everybody was wearing like the, the trunks and boots across the board and then the shield and the white family came in at the same time all six of them wearing not weren't around wearing wrestling gear at all and that like kind of set the precedent a little bit and you could start you know experimenting a little and for us that was great you know i was wearing this mad leather beat up kilt and stuff like that um you know wolf's wearing this bizarre costume and stuff like that and like uh nikki's completely changed her gear she's wearing like, like a corset you know weirdest things that you can think <laughs> of um and you know we tried to make it work and even all the jackets we got them made by the jackets were all made by a tattoo artist um, in Seattle or something. It was really like we tried to keep everything away from from basic wrestling. Like the girl who made my kilts was based in Finland. She'd worked on like um, movies and stuff like that or, or TV shows. Now it's funny now like she she works for uh, she does stuff for Natalia and, and for um, uh, the Viking Raiders and, and and stuff like that. So it, it's very cool the way it worked out. But at the time, you know, she was completely new. I found her on Etsy or something like that. You know. Um, and it was really cool because like it just made us just that little bit different to to everybody else around us um and you know it was a lot of fun to do and like the response we got from fans and stuff was really cool because 
you know, we're in the bubble, so we don't really realize, you know, the importance of maybe like what we're trying to do. Like Nikki even like was, she was making her hair wet before going out. And there's been no real female who'd ever done that before because she wore no makeup and just splashed water in her hair, which was very rare for, for female wrestlers and especially in, in in this company, you know, in, in the, 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 the WWE, I say that too fast, WWE, WWE, <laughs> NXT, but, uh, you know, so, you know, we, we were just trying these different things and um, it was, it was cool because they allowed us to, to, to experiment with this stuff. I mean, they, I remember like, uh, I got, I finally got my own jacket because all the other guys had their jackets. So I got my jacket made and Hunter said, show me it, love it. And that was it. That, that There was no, I mean, if you'd have said he didn't like it, I'd, I'd have been like, oh, a thousand dollars or whatever, you know, but. Uh, Matt um, doesn't like my clothes. No, he doesn't <laughs> like it, you know. Um, and, uh, but thankfully, he, you know, he just, he let us just do what what we felt was right for the characters. And obviously they they, they gave us ideas with promos and all these kind of things and, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there was a lot of freedom with that initial build. Like they, they were high, like at one point, one of the coaches wanted Nikki wearing like kind of gothic makeup, uh, and Hunter was like, "No, take it all off. Um, you can pop the eyes, um, just because you know it's television, but everything else, you know, um, as natural as possible, because you know they they really wanted Nikki to look like she'd you know been pulled out of an insane asylum, I think, you know, and she was more than willing to make that work. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, like when I when I think back to like um, even doing the entrance for the first time was. It was goosebumps for me because, you know, they'd been doing the entrance. So the first time I do it, I'm like, you know, the cameras are on, the crowd's going nuts. You know, the the whole thing was was an incredible part to be a part of. You know, the production, the pizzazz, you know, it, it was like, you know, it was a little bit like, um, you know, Kane or Undertaker and stuff like that. When you're watching mm. as a fan, the lights go off and you're like, oh, this is different than everybody else, you know. So it was really cool for us. The lights go off, the search and um, the search lights go across the helicopter noises and you know it was all very different and like it was really cool to be part of um you know i'll uh, i'll forever look back uh, with the whole time of sanity with, with with serious fondness um because you know we had some brilliant matches on top of all that nonsense you know what i mean like and that's uh, a testament to the people we were wrestling against and a testament to the people who i was teaming with because you know those two lads will be you know the a part of my life you know for a long long time um they'll be you know as friends for as long as i can use the internet i guess uh, mm. <laughs> um and uh, you know like ey was one of the first people who texted me when i got released i think no sorry he was the first person who texted me when i got released uh, and then you know axel like literally had just left for germany a few days beforehand so you know we brought him to the airport and it was quite an emotional day you know what i mean so you know that's you know they'll they'll be guys who you know i'll forever talk to i mean i was talking to axel today you know and um and that that's one of the, the, the coolest parts about how that all worked out. Even when when we're in the main roster, we're tra- we're tr- always traveling together and we're just having like six hour journeys talking no- absolute nonsense. And you know, it's <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it without. We never once wanted to kill each other. I mean, it, like, and that, that's I think that's a good sign. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you know. You can go. I can go about thirty minutes with, with Drake Maverick, and I want to throw him out a window. You know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so talking, we'll we'll get to we'll get to war games in a second. Um, but obviously, one of the one of the big nights in in, in the history of Sanity was, of course, Takeover Brooklyn three, uh, winning the belts. Um, you were in the match, and then you weren't in the match. <laughs> how so I, I how did that like, feel? Uh, so uh, you know, the 
the way we'd kind of built it up, you know, it was always kind of me fighting against the AOP lads. You know, like we'd done that a bunch of times on TV. So it was so interesting like the way they did the switcheroo and, and everything else because they kind of let, like it was going to be me and Axel, you know, against uh, uh, against AOP and they change it. You know, EY steps up, I step down and we, we the, to be honest, it ended up being brilliant because that was the kind of breakout for Wolf and he really got a chance to showcase himself mm. because he, he was the only one of, of us who never had singles matches. So, we never got to show how good he was on screen um, up until that point, but he got this breakout night. I remember Morrow's reaction. Morrow was like, he was losing it. And don't get me wrong, he lost it most times. You know, Morrow was amazing. But, you know, I think he really felt, because the crowd just came up so far behind Wolf, it was it was crazy. Like, um, because LP had barely been bumped. And then you've got Wolf German suplexing the both of them and stuff. And it was, it was really cool. And it was great for him to get that moment. Um, and then, like, I had a really funny like moment where I, I crossbody Nicky and one of the AOP guys yeah. through the table. So, uh, so, and then boom, there, there come undisputed era as well. So you know it was great because uh, brilliant moment for the boys. There was a really special moment. The two lads are kind of hanging over the ropes of the belts, and I love that. And then boom, here come um, Kyle and Bobby. And like, uh, I had uh, I'd been a really big fan um, of, of Red Dragon before, like uh, especially like you know. The, the couple of years leading up to that, they'd really like really blown up. Um, you'd see them a lot in New Japan, ROH, whatever. Um, so we were we were told pretty much we'd be going right into something with the boys. So we're very excited. And like then Adam gets revealed later on in the show, and um, the three of them were were just a, a an absolute dream for us to work because we needed you know the next step on on our path, and that was having these guys come in and like. They, they were causing havoc like we had. So it was quite interesting. Like they'd kind of almost taken our blueprint uh, mm. and used it against us. So, you know, there, there was some really fun writing at, at that point, and we really enjoyed it, and we just loved working those boys. We worked them a lot on the house shows, on the tours, um, and then on television and whatever else, leading to, you know, as, as we'd said before, war games. And um, we, we had great chemistry with the lads. Um, but one of the, the funniest things, we had like a six-man tag the night before war games, and we – for, for the one time we decided to do like a, a, one of those noggin knocker spots, we grab everybody's head and run them into each other, right? Thinking, ha, 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 very funny. The crowd will like this. We managed to split uh, Adam Cole's head open and he ended up getting like 10 stitches or something right before War Games. This was utterly crazy. Complete freak accident. Like somebody didn't didn't uh, put a hand up or whatever. Just a typical noggin knock you've seen a thousand times. Like uh, we did it, the crowd, oi! And we're like, Adam is in a pool of blood, and you're like, oh, Jesus. And you think of all the stuff that we've done. We've we've (laughs) done the craziest stuff, the craziest matches, these ridiculous spots, all these weapons and everything. But a noggin knocker, right, splits him open and he has to go to hospital. It was was mental. And this is the night before war games like so that was <laughs> that was that was unusual but uh you know that, that's wrestling and you have to roll with the punches so <laughs> and that's when you get a strict call from dad saying like mm-hmm, what have you done uh, uh, no because i think like the the, the it was more la- everybody was laughing as bad as it was it was like <laughs> so you're talking about the most cheesy daft spot that like <laughs> nobody has ever got hurt with in the past manages to open up like one of our top stars. Yeah. That's uh, honestly like we did, you, you can't get criticized for it because it's, <laughs> it's one of those, you know, well, it happens, you know, but uh, yeah. So, so we didn't even get dad mad at us. I think he was just more like from a noggin knocker. Like, <laughs> and like ever, so somebody's got this razor sharp head. That's obviously hit Adam and <laughs> split him like, 
10 stitch was, you know. But... The pointiest head in pro wrestling. I'm, I'm looking at Bobby Fish. I'm thinking that, that <laughs> there's something about that head, you know. <laughs> so stiff the... head, you know. So we'll talk war games, obviously. Um, in the first war games under the WWE, Banner uh, comes with a huge uh, legacy. Comes with like, like years and years and years of expectation of it being this, this very, very brutal thing. Obviously, WWE's has, has got a slightly different blueprint, no roof, um, a bit more kind of weaponry involved. So what was it going into like the creative of the match? Just talking like what history do we have to pay homage to do we want to make it our own thing did you feel the kind of weight of history on you guys um absolutely because like we were aware that okay this is the first time it's been done in a long time obviously uh other companies smaller companies whatever had maybe tried it but this is the first time in like you know uh, in wf or you know or or WWE, sorry, since then, it was like, so there was like a big expectation. I mean, they, they brought like Dustin and stuff like that in um, on the day to like, you know, uh, you know, his dad made this, you know. Um, so, you know, there was, and, and other people come in and everything else. So, you know, there was like this little bit of us that, um, that added expectation, as we would say. And, and for us as performers, like, you know, we're... I'd, I'd wrestled all of, by this point, we'd, we'd all wrestled each other in, in, in a variety of ways. Um, so we knew everybody's stuff, but like everybody, we still wanted to try and find moments for everybody um, that we could like make everybody look as good as possible. AOP were still very new to the business. So, you know, they're, they're not really willing to pipe up just yet and, and, and give ideas. So, you know, and I, I have a lot of respect for everybody in that match that everybody came up with something for AOP to, to, to shine in um like i think roddy wanted to be launched into the boys and stuff you know it was a really cool way to to introduce them and um well like obviously we found out how the rules were going to be how they wanted to set everything up um like it was going to be three three people in at once and then people come in one by one blah 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 so it, it was pretty cool um how they how they kind of set it up um and then like with even the introduction of weapons and stuff like that i think like we we were unsure if we were going to do something like that i can't even remember how how it came about who, whose decision it was um like i know wolf comes out with the, the nightstick it was really cool um because like we hadn't really seen something like that in a while and he's actually ha he has it concealed in his jacket mm. so no, no he pulls it out he's beating people up with it and it's like uh, i i i thought it was really funny because his his he was like the maverick character like you weren't really sure he was like the, the joker of the group in a way you weren't sure what he had planned next so he was coming up with all these really silly ideas and, and that this was one of them. Uh, he, he runs into the night, like he's beating people up. Like, and then I come in and bring in the tables and stuff like that. And um, I think that, that was pretty cool because like the, um, the crowd just decided that they wanted tables. And I was like, well, thanks. Th thank for, thanks for that. Because that was the, <laughs> that's what we had planned next. So, you know, I ended up looking like, uh, like a genius, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh wow. You want to I'll bring in tables. In. Um, I, I care I about the fans. Uh, <laughs> I listen to the people. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening, um, but uh, no, it, it was brilliant. Like um, because you know, going going the weapon route um, kind of saved, you know, because when it comes to blood and things like that, like it just wasn't an option. Um, like I guys get split open and had to, we had to cover that up. You know what I mean and stuff like that. Like which is one of the parts of of. Um, just the company at the time um they were very very anti-blood um so we try to cover that by you know going with the the weaponry and, and the other spots and whatever else but no putting that together was it, it was 
a lot easier than it than it could have been because everybody in that match really wanted to look uh, everybody else to look good. Sorry, and that that was the most important part. And um, we got these. My favorite moment of the entire match is Adam Cole doing the little like inchworm across the the top of the cage because it was just the antithesis of everything else. Like mm. it, this brutal, and then you've got him doing the burp, 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 going across. <laughs> and so I think like maybe Mafu or something had it like. He put it to music. It was so funny. Like, um, and like that, 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 that's, you know, one of the reasons why I love wrestling is it is the three ring circus. You know, you have like, you know, the, the, the strong men, the acrobats and you have the clowns and, you know, for him to have that little moment in the middle of this serious match where people are getting destroyed, just, it just got me like, um, and you know, that's, one of my favorite takeaways from that was th- this moment, you know. Um, but yeah, no, we, we did our very best to, you know, make AOP look like the killers they are. Um, Undisputed Era look as brutal as they could be because they were, you know, they, they were kind of like these MMA badasses, um, you know, but now they've got weapons and, and they're, they're fighting, whatever. Uh, and yet Kyle still, you know, he does this really cool thing. He's got a chain and he's wrapping it around like he uh, Axel's arm or something and then a minute later he's like smashing himself in the head with a chair so you know we we, we tried to have some cool moments in there that that, that would, would keep everybody interested and whatever else but the live crowd that night were, were just brilliant and they were I think they were just excited as we were um, and we did our best to try and use both rings because these are things when, we, when anytime we plan something we're like well we need to make sure we're using both rings and because it's very easy to get stuck in one ring because that's what you've, you've you've done your entire career in one ring. So you're having to make sure to try and use both and do different things in both and whatever else. So, and I know that all the guys who came after us and, and AEW as well with, with, with blood and guts and whatever else, like, you know, you have to be really wary um, that, that, you know, you've got, a whole like new battleground to, to, to play. And so uh, unfair play to everybody who's followed us because, you know, I'm not going to lie. We did a really good job in, in our opinion, but you know, we did it as best we could and we had a lot of fun. So for the ones who've managed to better us, it, we're very impressed. Like there's been some brilliant matches, like some of the ideas and concepts that have come out um, after us, you know, you can only pff, hold your, take off your hat, you know, wave at mm-hmm. them. Good, good for you. I'm, I'm terribly gutted that you did such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like honestly, like even when the women started doing theirs as well, like, some of the stuff they did last year was burning. Like, you know, oh, so, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's now become a part of the, the yearly calendar. Um, but yeah, we were, we were honored to be a part of the first one. And um, we, we were glad to, to get the feedback we got. Um, everybody was so happy with us afterwards. We're all utterly destroyed after. I remember I was sitting, I think I was sitting in catering and like just my ring gear going, Oh my God, I can't move. I was like <laughs> begging for somebody to bring me like a, like a, like a bun or something or a cake, you know, <laughs> feed me. But uh, no, it, it was awesome. It was a great experience. And like, you know, we all got to put in things that we haven't had a chance to to do on television. Um, like EY did this, I think it was maybe the first time he'd done the elbow drop or something on, on Dudley. And then subsequently he did it because it was something he did a lot on, on TNA and whatever else. Um, so he was able to bring it in and just little things like that, that we were able to put more and more in and stuff. So, yeah, no, we, we, we loved the, the whole, the whole experience of it. And mm. um, it's, nobody can take that away from us. You know what I mean? Like it was one of the cool things. Somebody shared it like a year ago or something. And I watched it the whole time. I'm watching it going, Jesus, that was sore. Oh, that was sore. <laughs> I can remember every bump and every. 
<laughs> so, I mean, like you emerged from that match kind of almost as like like a breakout star because like, one of the things that I obviously knew about you is uh, you know you're a big guy, but you can fly. Everyone, you know, the Van Damonator is one of the <laughs> one of the most wonderful spots that you don't see enough of these it's days. One of the worst ones for my body. That's the only <laughs> we appreciate it. It, it, it hurts me terribly. <laughs> But like, um, so you, you're out there and like, I think War Games was, yeah, one of the first times where people really got to see you kind of just doing this kind of jaw dropping stuff. And you got a huge response, like audience very, very high. Um, but like, is that, was that a struggle going into WWE? Obviously WWE have very, they're, they're a bit more famous for like, you're a big guy, don't come off the top rope. You do these moves because uh, this is your skill set, because that's the kind of silhouette you fit. In NXT, is that a bit more relaxed, especially these days? So, like Right now, it's very relaxed. But when I first started, it was it was the opposite. Um, and like, we they, not necessarily right at the top, but it, it took Shawn Michaels becoming more involved in the, you know, when he started taking classes and working with us and he, he started watching all of our indie stuff, which is one of the weirdest that, you know, I sent him indie matches and he's like, this is awesome. Why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, well, they want me to be a stoic heel. So I can't really, you know, I can't really come off the top rope very often, you know, or, or dive and stuff, you know? So like then suddenly when we started becoming tweeners and then into faces, I was, I was allowed to dive. I was allowed to do more. Like, it's not that they were specifically against me doing these things, but it was like, you know, if I'm diving and I'm doing cool stuff off the top rope, then what is the baby face going to do to make that better? You know, mm. and so I, at first, you know, I, I fully understood why they wanted me to be, you know, a bit more plodding and, and a bit more like generic big guy. Um, but as we became the, the tweeners, then the babies, you know, the, the gloves came off and I was able to start putting more stuff in. And it was good because, you know, I started coming up against you know, AOP and the Lars and stuff like that, who, you know, big as me if not bigger so you know the character then has to start thinking of ways to um to beat these people or hurt these people um and against Lars we had a four-way dance yeah four-way dance where I managed to like do this big mad dash off a off the stage um through a table and then I did the dive on him and stuff like that um so you know I was able to showcase a little bit there um like that's one of the matches that that I really enjoyed actually it was a a fatal four-way the two of us with Johnny and um uh, Alistair Black um, and it's one of the ones that like I, I completely forgot about until the other day somebody was telling me like sent me the link and I was like oh yeah yeah that was fun hmm. um, you know and like I, that came almost off the back of war games as you were saying like I did have a little bit of a breakout um, but like at the time it was I can't even remember who the champion was or whatever um, maybe it was Andrade or whatever um, it just wasn't my time to to, to go and be it like the, the top the top guy or whatever else um you know so i was kind of unfortunate timing wise but um i had so much fun uh throughout that that whole run and then i ended up uh, i was meant to go into a feud no that's what it was i was meant to go into a feud with lars and leading up for the royal rumble show but they, that got whatever i can't even remember why but it ended up getting moved to three months later so i was kind of in limbo a little bit for uh for a bit and then we went back to finish the feud with undisputed era so um yeah, like uh, that 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 into that six month period was was incredible. Um, just so much. Well, maybe it was eight months or nine months, whatever it was. Um, was an incredible run for us uh, because, as I say, you know, heel tweener, baby face, all within a short 
time. Um, mm. And then the gloves came off and, you know, we're working with Sean at that time. And, you know, there is a lot more trust from the office that, you know, we can do li- these things. And um, I there was a period, definitely a period there where almost anything anything goes, you know. Um, I, th- I think they're going to be dialing back a little bit on that um, as, as we go forward. Um, from from what I've heard, you know, I'm not there anymore, so I can say what I want. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but like, you know, I know that when I first went in, yeah, it was very strict. Um, like, even when I, I would do the Wasteland scent on, one of the producers was like, why would you do that? Boom. And then boom, like, you you do the first one, then, you know, make a big moment, hit the ropes, hit the scent on. And I, and I kind of argued, I was like, no, I'm just going to go boom, boom, because that's trying to be, you know, different than everybody else, you know. Um, so, that, you know, <laughs> but that, that that's that's the part of the learning process is it's the give and take. You know, you're trying to marry what you like with what, you know, works on, on American television. And, and it took me a little while. It took me, it, it did take me a few months to really get my head around it. Um, but it got easier as as we got popular and, and then the... the I, I think there was a bit more trust from the office, um, especially working with Sean and stuff like that. Because, mm. um, you know, first of all, working with him was was outrageous, anyway. But um, to then, you know, him trusting us and watching our indie stuff, and when, I mean, I think it was him who said, "Why well, hadn't it done the the coast to coast?" Um, and I was like, "Well, you know, it's pretty pretty sore, you know, <laughs> very big, very very stiff ring, you know." Um, <laughs> Um, and like no, it was cool because I've managed. To, I've, I think I only ever did it twice. I think on um, on TV, and the second time they completely missed it, which is even one of those oh. most bizarre parts of uh, like for such a slick operation. Whatever whoever our producer was that day missed it. Um, and like I literally took this bump for no reason, but uh, <laughs> but hey, okay. live crowd no, loved it. <laughs> I don't even think I don't even think they got a replay of it from what I remember. It, really, I, I, the only oh, evidence I have of it was a fan who was in the building took a photo of it, and I was like, or, or a video of it. That's the only evidence I have that it actually happened. You know, yeah. um, but uh, you know, like for everything else, generally they've been they're 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 so slick and they capture everything. So like, I, I, I can't really like you know give anybody any 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 heat for that but sure, um, that makes sense. the first time doing it you know in the middle of war games all eyes were on me and the crowd went nuts and uh kyle was being very friendly he was trying to edge towards me i was like right i, I can i can get i can get there i can you, you can move <laughs> back you know uh, but uh, you know fair play kyle's, kyle's a great i'm a huge fan of kyle Riley's an incredible wrestler oh yeah uh, but he, he was being very friendly to me there but uh um i, I think I hit him so hard that he got kneeled into the corner. I was like, well, that's what I was trying to say to you. You know, I can't make it. Like, I can't make it. Uh, I remember, like, one of the first times I ever did it was, was to Joe Hendry. Um, and it was in a really small ring. It was, like, 15-foot ring or whatever. And I fucking launched him out of the ring because I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I, I, get on, I get on great with Joe. You know, you, you know. Like, you, you know of course, Joe, yeah, yeah. Great lad. But, uh, fuck, I, I launched him out of the ring. I had to go out and get him. I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so, but that was a very small ring. But then you're in Dudley. It's a 20-foot ring. It's a, it's a much bigger distance. But I was still really confident, especially because, like, you know, the cage is there, so balance wasn't an issue and whatever else. But um, managed to nail, absolutely nail Cal with it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so uh, I imagine uh, uh, going forward, I'll, I'll do some ring testing to see if it's, if it's possible to do it again. <laughs>
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So um, obviously, you, yeah, like you say, big this huge run, this kind of um, kind of almost kind of climaxing at uh, takeover New Orleans with the with the ladder match, five stars, wonderful. Uh, obviously, then April 2018, um, Sanity move up to the main roster, move up to SmackDown. Um, you you debut Extreme Rules, you win at Extreme Rules, and then you guys basically vanish, man. Like, what's what's the story there, like? So I, I can tell you, the story started weirder than that. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura got bitten by a bomb dog at one of the, like a bomb police dog, right, at one of the venues we were doing a house show, and I think it was in California or something, right? Crazy freak accident. Like, what? never in your life would you expect something like that to happen. He was meant to go against Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. So everybody's in a panic because Shinsky's been bitten by the police dog, right? Uh, has to go to hospital, whatever else. It's the most bizarre thing that happened, right? I think it became a big issue and stuff. Um, I don't remember the full ins and outs, but um, it meant then that they need to do something with Jeff Hardy. Somebody said, oh, let's put Eric Young in there. Uh, Jeff Hardy can't lose. So Sanity's first appearance was a loss. Um, and that, that, you know, in fact, it was, oh my God, I've got even further than that, right? The week we were meant to debut, um, we're all ready to go. There is this mad match. Like I think it was New Day and, and Miz and all these people are in it. Um, and we're ready to debut right at the end of the show. Would have been like a cool, you know, 
they're here kind of thing. And right as we're about to debut, they run out of time. So we're literally standing in Gorilla, all in gear, ready to go. They, they've done the walkthrough in this. Like we did, we, we we did this in practice, but you know, it was live television. And Michael Hayes just said, guys, it's live television. You know, this happens, we overran, whatever. And it was this most oh. start to what ended up being like, you know, a, a bit of a disaster, you know. And then so then Shinsky gets bitten by the, the, the police dog. We're there, we we were at the, the show, you know, and you're like, What what the fuck just happened? You know? Um and you know that we get to the TV and like they have to put EY on with, with Jeff and then we do something with the Usos as well. Like we, we end up losing. That starts starts us on a bad path. Um and then we go into something New Day, which was I think was always gonna be the, the case was us and New Day, but we go over with them on Extreme Rules and like major fair play to um uh Xavier Woods and, and to Kofi because they pitched for us to go over because I, I think we weren't meant to win. Um, so I, I think like the New Day were just so hot that they were unsure if they even wanted New Day to be losing. And um, so I think the boys really, you know, made a play and tried to try to get it that we would that we would go over. And um, then next thing after that, I think literally two weeks after that, we we lose to New Day and it was done. Um, and like. Honestly, timing is everything. You know, you can get really lucky and you can get really unlucky. Um, we then came back. We did a thing. There was Daniel Bryan and Kane and stuff like that. And then I think we were gone again for a good while. But we came, popped up again at Christmas, did a couple of shows over the Christmas period. And then the next time we came back, we, we were three on one against The Miz. So uh, so there was some well, there was some other. Th- I've missed a few things here and there. But like. You know, generally, like um, we uh, we just kind of came in at the worst possible time. Bloods and Brothers were on top; uh, they were heels, uh, we were heels, so th- they were never going to do something with us and them. Um, New Day, the Usos, uh, they they brought I think Sheamus and Cesaro came in as well. They went and they went through a period where they were off TV for like thirteen weeks or something. Sheamus and Cesaro, it was crazy. You know, so there, there was just so many guys who just couldn't get you know. Uh, TV time at the time, and for whatever reason, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you what what the ins and outs were. And you know, we went through like something. It must have been eleven weeks or something where we didn't do something at all. I think, and uh, we were doing we were doing the dark matches before the shows, and we were getting great feedback. Like that, that's one of the the hardest parts of it was, you know, they were really happy with us, you know, and and you're like, well, okay, prove it then, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, like timing is everything, and, and it just wasn't on our side, and like. You heard how, how it started, you know, the two the two weeks. The first week didn't happen because of time restraints. Second week, the bomb dog bites Shinsuke Nakamura, and you're just like, what the fuck? You know, this is just a comedy of errors. But, uh, yeah. you know, we had we had a great time otherwise. Like, you know, and I got to travel the road with, with two lads who I had the time of my life with. Um, and, like, we got to the point where we're, we're, we used to get, like, a minivan right um instead of a car right so we get a minivan so there's loads of room people would start joining us like uh, Dillin- <laughs> dillinger came with us for a while and uh, aiden english came with us and, and then there was a night aiden english and nikki were with us and then we met tommy dreamer and we were all in this mad airbnb and you know i, I can't I, I i there's days i wonder how do I, I end up in these situations but i honestly had f- some fantastic nights with the boys and like the house oh, shows yeah. were incredible like we had, we had some of the most fun of our lives on house shows because be the three of us against the Usos uh, a new day, like a th- like a three corner thing. Somebody would join the Usos and like, we'd just have t- like, we'd be tearing the roof off the place because they're so good. And, you know, we just get in there and be the villains, but we're able to add things in here and there that, 
just you know really suited us and like we had a lot of fun with the live crowds and you know you know like those are the parts of of wrestling that we we genuinely love because that's that's the real wrestling aspect of it what you see in television is you know that's the tv show that's the the, the product that's the um you know that's the script but the house shows is where you know is our real living you know that, that that's what we uh we're all we're all really in this for if that makes sense because oh yeah of the interaction with the crowd and everything else you know and um, whereas we can't always interact with the crowd on television you know you know it's a very different um it's a very different style and um, so you know listen like there was a lot of ups and downs but you know i'll always look back on the entire thing you know fondly because <clears throat> i was hanging out with some brilliant people i got to wrestle some some legends and future legends and we got to work with producers such as finley and all these things so you know my first time properly spent time with finley was he was producing one of our, our our things on television and you know for me as a as a kid growing up in northern ireland he was pretty much my my hero from about 12 years old so you know there was just so many many positives to it as well so so worst comes the worst i can always have those good memories so <laughs> yeah of course um you talk about sort of like obviously being in nxt and like hunter being very involved in kind of your presentation and stuff what is the relationship sort of with obviously these these nxt guys get brought up uh does does hunter like stay kind of protective of you guys or does he have sort of have to release you to other creative and he doesn't get to because i i can't imagine having that much kind of like oh i want you to look like this i want you to look like this and then sort of seeing you debut and lose just like so we were we were unlucky because hunter was helping negotiate the deals with fox and usa so he wasn't there um so he, because he was needed to to be doing all the all the other stuff. So he wasn't at TV for, for months that we we just started. So I think that was maybe um, you know maybe maybe a factor that that didn't really help us because you know I did we did the debut and I'm wearing the big the big fancy blue king kilt that I bought like um, we've done that as like a a way to try and all be color coordinated because we were always kind of mismatch of colors. We've we finally all bought gear that's just a bit closer, um, but like they hate, absolutely hated my my blue kilt. Um, and I'm like, oh crap, right? Because I've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on all these kilts, right? And I'm like, well, that's kind of the, the the gig I'm going for, kind of the look, you know. Um, and I have to very quickly try and come up with something. Um, and like, it was Road Dog came up to me at the time, and he's like, listen, um, if there's if there's anything you can think of, uh, because I, I don't think Vince likes the the kilt. Um, maybe it's too colorful, maybe too fancy. I don't know. Um, so if you can think of something, so I, I went to the drawing board trying to think of things, and like, I, I first I, I went for like the I had a, bought a couple of singlets, um, and they were okay, but like, I had more singlets in absolutely years, um, and I didn't want to go into trunks because um, I didn't want it to be too, uh, I wanted to be to be different than what I was doing because it was trunks that would have looked pretty similar to what I was already doing, but so I went for the singlet, hated the singlet, it was so uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it was fine, and it was good quality. It was done by a girl back in Glasgow, and she did a good job and stuff like that. But um, I, I did not enjoy because I hadn't wore I hadn't wore singlets since maybe 2012 or something. So, um, but eventually I settled. Like I started wearing trunks. You know, I really got a, a pair of trunks I really liked. And by the time I started wearing the trunks, we were kind of on the way out. So, like image wise, I was I was just a bit unlucky because they didn't. I wish I just wore one of my dirty black ones or or, or the grey and black one that I had or whatever else, and maybe debuted that way because it would have looked you know grittier and like you know like uglier. You know, I, I think I went too pretty too early, and 
You know, that, 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 that's the that's the problem. I was I was just too it's just too handsome at the time. Story of your life, Damo. Too life. pretty, oh, too oh, early. But, Where'd you uh, go that, from there? <laughs> that's just the way it is. But uh, you know, listen for everything else. Like they were, they were, they were pretty okay. Like they weren't too hands on about the image. Otherwise, like, but we we almost wish they would have been, and then we would have known. Like if there's anything we could have changed and tweaked and twisted. But sure. you know, the, uh, listen. Like one of the main problems I think was just. I imagine if the Bludgeon Brothers weren't on top, it might have been different. You know, if New Day or Usos were on top right at the start, then that's immediately a different scenario. Um, but like, I listen. One of the one of the creative team came up and said, "We've kind of booked ourselves into a corner um, with the situation with, with with the Bludgeon Brothers." And like that play, that was obvious because it played out. You know, pr- pretty the way it played out after. You know, um, so like you know that that's that, that's wrestling known, and you, you know you have to roll with it. And like um, as I say, you know. It did. It didn't work out perfectly, but you know we had a good time where we could. So, <laughs> so you returned to NXT. Uh, your idea, or were you kind of told this is a situation? And also, just to kind of follow up on that question, what is this sort of etiquette with that? Because you hear of, of people pitching to return to NXT. Um, like, is that a genuine thing? Like, like locker rooms? Compa- like, is that a kind of like, oh, I kind of wish I was still there because then I could work in this environment. Obviously, I'm so- not. Yeah, what's the oh, no, that's interesting. I, I think it, 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 every scenario is different because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who asked and, and didn't. Um, I went to Hunter in maybe the January because um, we'd been we definitely were off TV at that point. I think, um, and I just said, listen, um, I don't want to collect a paycheck. I want to work. I want to be. If you've anything on NXT UK, if you've anything on NXT, then please consider me. Um, and I, I genuinely thought he blew me off. Um, because, you know, he was like, yeah, sure, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'll find out from them what they want to do with you guys and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I genuinely kind of thought nothing more of it. Um, then, uh, you know, fast forward three months later, um, it's like the week of Mania, I think it is. Uh, maybe it's it's maybe the, the SmackDown after Mania or something like that. And they said, right, here's what's happening. You're you're going back to NXT. Wolf, you're going back to NXT UK. Eric, you're going to go to Raw. Um, you know, we're, we're splitting you up. Um, and like... I, was, I think we were all gutted to get split up, but at the same time, we knew it wasn't working, so it was probably for the best. Um, me personally, you know, I was excited to go back to NXT. Um, I, I'd have happily gone, to, I'd happily stayed, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing. I, but like, I was young enough, uh, my ego was was still large enough that I wanted to be working. Um, and like, you know, Hunter said to me, and I, I respect that, he said, like, I know you're not one of the guys who wants to just collect a paycheck. I know you you're you want to do something. You want you want to work. You want to be a part of this. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, at that point, I was 33, I think, or you know, something like that. And I'm like, and maybe even yeah, th- I think it was 33. And I'm like, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm ready to go. I just want to get get going. Um, and like I was, you know, very grateful to be brought back. And like, literally within, I I think that the day after, I I think I texted Matt Bloom, um at NXT and I just said like, can I meet you on Monday? Um, and then I went in and I said, listen, um, I, I want you to put me in Joe Michael's class so I can um, start talking to him and, and start getting this this right for uh, for the re-debut. And um, over the next couple of months, that's exactly what we did. Um, I'm working with uh, with his class. At the time, it was like uh, Priest, Dijak, Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, a couple of others. Um, and a great, great bunch of lads. Um, who I knew most of them from from before anyway, from the Indies and or or from uh, you know maybe I'd worked them or whatever. So it was a great, great, great bunch, uh, and we had a you know 
you're, you're put into the feud then with with riddle and that was awesome like um i didn't i didn't realize how good riddle was until i wrestled him um and as soon as i wrestled him i was like this guy is incredible like i didn't i, I think i'd seen some of his matches thinking yeah he's pretty good yeah but then when i was in there with him i was like this guy is something else like he's really special um and like I had so much fun wrestling with him and, and then the stuff with Pete and, and Priest and like there was a bunch of other stuff then we were doing on the the, the, the we call it the coconut loop here in in, uh, in Orlando you know so me me wrestling some of the younger lads here and you know I, I had so much fun like and then like got into different classes here um, eventually like I got into uh, Finley's class and that was incredible for me because as I said to you earlier like working with him was was, was great now I'm learning from him and that that was just something else so like um, you know I made sure to try and make this this, this NXT run really work for me long term because um, I learned a lot and like you know at, at one point like I was really to be honest with you like about a month before um, you know I did get released I remember I remember saying to Nikki like this is probably the most like content I've been like because I feel I'm learning every week um and like I'm I'm definitely doing more because there's a period where maybe you're on the main roster and you'll pick up little things here and there but you're not really getting the the same uh constructive criticism um whereas here there's more time to get you know that constructive criticism and um you know they can people can break it down to you because the likes of Regal and, and Finley and, and Shawn Michaels and whatever else that, you know, they have that time for you, whereas you don't necessarily have that time on the main roster. Um, so like, listen, like I, I made these, these last two years really work for me. Um, and like, you know, the transition from doing the tape shows to the live shows was brilliant. Um, and there was a real energy to it, like pre COVID, like there was a lot of fun to do. And like the whole, uh, Ratings war, whatever else, uh, was 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 a lot of fun. Ah, for yes, us. war. I was going to ask you, like, was it like? Because obviously, like, war is something that we we cooked up in order to make our, our headlines a little more interesting. Was what was the kind of prevailing um, attitudes backstage with that stuff? Well, like, so all of us are like friends with most of the guys on the roster, so it's it's like you know a lot of those guys we've known forever and, and whatever we've wrestled or we've been on shows with. So they're like, there. so there's a fun part to it. Um, and then you, you know, there'll be like the, the wars of words and whatever between whoever. And you're like, all right, all right come on. Um, but like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I know that uh, if we had a big match or if they, they had a big match, then, you know, both, both rosters were paying attention to each other and watching the matches and stuff. Like, like there, there's no, like, if it was a war in 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 words only you know what i mean um because like a lot of the boys on on the nxt roster um very friendly with, with the lads across there and like uh, and we respect so many of the lads who are there and, and like like i don't i don't mind saying it like it was it was uh, i think it was a war for the the, the television product you know the, the people who are worried about ratings and all those things only because uh, for us it was, was our incentive absolutely we wanted to have as killer match as we could um we wanted to do the coolest stuff that we could wanted to be as exciting as we could so all that that is definitely true um but like insofar as like were we like if we met them at an airport would be would we try and fight them no absolutely not we'd be drinking with them you know and that's <laughs> well that's who i am anyway you know but uh and like that that's that's one of the funniest the funniest parts of it like i think like I, maybe people tried to drum up like drama and all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. 
for and that's fine that, that that's that, that that works for some people but um no like there's a lot of people there there's people on that show who, who have helped train and um you know help develop outside of this so like um i've been very happy to see how they've done and, and they've, they've done really well so like um me personally like i thought it was good for the industry that there was another show um great for the boys that like there was this um and with high production and everything else. Um, and there was just so many options for guys, you know, like, um, whereas there wasn't, you know, a few years before that, there maybe wasn't as many, as many options. So now suddenly there's, there's another great option. So no, it's, it's been, it's been a good thing for the industry. And, and me personally, like watching, um, like literally watched the pay-per-view the other day, but, and, full crowd the energy's there and everything else and you're just like you know that's that's what we're we're all driving towards again is is being able to perform in front of audiences on a regular basis and um i thought they nailed it with with their last pay-per-view and you know it's going to be very exciting for them going forward again so i'm sure you know the the being split apart from the the, the ratings war um will, will probably be a benefit for both companies uh, going forward for sure. Um, obviously, like, so your tweet ends, uh, see you in 90 days. I'm not going to ask you where you're going because I know you can't tell me. Uh, <laughs> but I am interested in, because I, I, I watched another interview you did where you mentioned a bucket list. Uh, you mentioned uh, going to Japan. I just wondered, like, just throw some names at me. Like, who else is on your bucket list, both abroad and domestic? So who, I've who... got better at this. I've written down a list. So I'm going to do my best to actually use a part of this um, because <laughs> I went into one of my first interviews completely blind, right? Um, so I, I've, got, I've got a list. I'm not going to Quiddy Rhodes it. Um, his was very dramatic and, and very special. Um, so me personally, top of my list is Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I wrestled him in Rev Pro, uh, I think it was 2015. And it was one of the best experiences of my, of my career so far. And I'd love to go back with the experience that I've gone under my belt now to wrestle him again, because I think we, we could do something magical. Um, Shingo uh, Takaji, like I, I watched in Dragon Gate for years and years and years. Um, and I think his the evolution that he's really put into his his entire character, into his wrestling, is incredible. Um, I... Pfft, He's been on fire, to be honest. So, you know, he would be incredible. Obviously, Okada. Okada is somebody I never got a chance to wrestle. I wrestled Tanahashi, Ishii, Nakamura. Um, and I just sadly missed out on Okada. So he would be one I'd, I'd love to work. Um, big fan of Brush um, and ROH. I think he is one of the best talents on the planet right now. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad match. And I think, like, that's that's probably the highest praise I can give anybody. Um, Kenny Omega falls into that category, obviously, because he's outrage like keep using that word outrageous but like that that is that's the only way i can really describe him um he's outstanding in the ring um i think he over the last five years has maybe been the most most consistent performer and that's saying something because we're in a really high standard of wrestling right now um and maybe i can say that because i'm in wrestling right now but i mean it because you know watching him go from being you know a, a funny character in ddt to going into the the junior division becoming the cleaner later. Uh, he was in the tag team, the Golden Lovers tag team. You know, there's just so many uh, phases of Kenny. And then like this last few years, he's really taken it up a level. Um, obviously, uh, Eric Young would be something else for me, like to, to wrestle again. I, I, we wrestled, like we did put everything we possibly could uh, think of into a four-minute match on TNA. So I'd love to wrestle him again when he's when he's back and he's fighting fit again because he's, he's just outrageous. Uh in every way, like he's got everything under his under his belt. He, he can do any character, heel, face, tweener. He could be 
the opener. He could be the main event, or you know, he'd be the referee and he would do a great job. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Eric's one of those boys. Uh, Moose uh, has has been on fire lately. You know, he's somebody that like we used to, we roomed together a bunch of times, but never actually wrestled. Um, so he, you know, he's he's done some wonderful stuff recently. Actually, uh, Miro has been you know killing it since he's he's went into AEW. Um, like the stuff he's been doing lately, like. Uh, Everything like I'm a big fan of Miro. Only wrestled him once on the on the house shows, and and he was uh, like, I, I just I couldn't believe he was wasn't a world champion. Um, so I know that he's gonna he's gonna prove that, um, and he's gonna become one. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, and I think it'll be very soon because there's very few people who who tick all the boxes that Miro ticks. Um, outside of that, you know, you've got uh, obviously Tommy End, uh, Malakai. Um, who had an incredible debut last night. Um, Tommy was one of the very first people who messaged me when uh, I got released. And he sent me such a lovely message um, because he'd literally just been through it himself. Um, So, you know, the timing was brilliant. We we entered WWE together. We actually had our tryout together. Uh, We were rooming together uh, before the tryout. Poor guy, I snored that night because I think I was... uh, (laughs) And I don't don't even snore. So I think I kept him awake awake all before the tryout. I think he was really mad at me, but... uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, Obviously, uh, Axel Tischer, the former Alexander Wolf, I I definitely cannot wait to to get in the ring with him properly. We were in for a minute and 50 seconds, I think, on NXT television. Um, And it'd be great to to maybe get over to Germany and and wrestle him because, you know, we, we met there a long time ago. Um, he he was so nice to me then, and then he became one of my best friends in the world. So I, I cannot wait to, to get in the ring with him, maybe even tag with him, who knows. Um, but I definitely want to have at least 20 minutes of European uppercutting each other because I, <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but I, outside of that, like uh, my favorite uh, my favorite performer on the planet, I wrestled him in, in what culture was as Rampage Brown. Um, if there was any way we could wrestle the game, that would be incredible. Him and Joe Coffey are just... They had a couple of great matches recently. Um, they're two of my favorite opponents of, of all time, and uh, I would definitely love to, to get in there with them. But like outside of that, there's just so many other lads um, uh, across up, like so many companies uh, who have been absolutely killing it. Like that Darby Allen fella has done stuff that I just it blew me away. Um, like throwing himself down the stairs and all, oh my god! Oh god! So, yeah. Like, uh, he uh, he literally he literally remind like I know he does. He's a skateboarder and stuff like that. But he reminds me of all the worst falls I had on Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater too. You know, that's <laughs> he—he's literally like um, shown me every single fall uh, since I've seen it. But like some of the stuff has been brilliant, like him and Cody and all that stuff. And you know, Cody and the Bucks are are, are again like I never got to wrestle uh, any of them. Um, I was on shows with them right at the end, um, and we just never quite got got a chance to to lock up. But like you know, they're all. Absolutely incredible. Um, FTR, I got to wrestle uh, just once in, in a uh, in a house show as a four way tag or something like that. And those two, are, like, I think we'll look back on this time of wrestling and, and you know really like um, talk about them like we talked about like uh, the Horsemen and stuff like that and like the brain you know Brainbusters everything because like they, they were just uh, Rock and Roll Express. There's just so many others. Like I think that's how we'll we'll maybe look back at it, like the likes of FTR. They were just such talented wrestlers with great brains for the business Um, and then obviously like Andrade like I adore Andrade he's like one of the lads who I would have such a laugh with uh, when we're on tours and stuff like that like um, 
I, I just immediately was was drawn to him as a person. So, and I love watching him as a wrestler. So, uh, as I say, him, him and Pac and all these others, there's just so many great talented wrestlers out there right now, and um, I'm very excited to get going again. Um, no matter where I go, like I'm, what I'm most excited about, to be honest, um, is who's the next group coming through. Because um, I know when Drew Galloway came back to uh to britain um when he first left the like he he picked a lot of us uh, from about 2014 onwards um because he knew that we were all determined and we all wanted to go somewhere wanted to do something myself noam and, and nikki and there's a bunch of others um and he and tommy was it was another example that you know he, he picked a lot of us and and really you know took us uh, under his wing and, and and gave us like a lot of advice that we that i definitely needed to hear and i want to i want to be able to do that for the next group coming and like so what i want to do when, when i do you know uh, get through my, my legal loopholes and whatever else um is be able to to find out who's next in line and who really wants this and who wants to get to the next level and and be what drew was for me for uh, that's exactly what i want to be for everybody else i want to try and inspire people to, to get to the next level because the only way we're going to have uh, an industry that works is that people learn from our mistakes so, <laughs> and that's definitely what i'm going to try and do is to show them <laughs> this is everything i did wrong so <laughs> so damo what i'm hearing from you right now is you want us to set up wrestle talk pro wrestling that's what i'm that's, so you can come in and sort of be listen, the listen, only if you get me the tiniest belt possible <laughs> all right so um it's important to me that you you think of me as yokozuna and the belt as you know much smaller so. <laughs> man uh just ending i guess with just a little a little trip down memory lane so what culture pro wrestling was a, a load of silly fun i i don't mind i don't mind saying like it was d one of the highlights of my life just like being <laughs> being your weird little homunculus kind of little ratty manager what a mouthpiece, what a mouthpiece. <laughs> i've got the mouth for it right <laughs> i wanted like one of the kind of the memories i have from it was you were uh it was you versus alberto el patron at the oh. time and I, I remember like i i all i all i knew was i'm gonna get up at the end uh, at the end of the match, I'm going to get on the apron and take an enziguri. That's <laughs> which, which I, which I sold beautifully, by the way. Wow. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> but I remember during the match, and I've never forgiven you for it, Damo. Um, <laughs> you, you knock Alberto into the ropes, and then I'm looking at you, and I'm being like, "Yeah, doing that kind of. Yeah, you get him waiting for my spot later on in the match." And <laughs> remember, you point to him and you go, something, "You mouth something at me," and I'm like, "We haven't." We, we haven't gone through this demo. What am I supposed to do to him? Oh, and uh, no. you and you turned your back by this point. So I'm just like, what do I do? So I go, I go up to him because he, like he's resting on the ropes and <laughs> and and waiting for something. Now I know now that what he was waiting for was for me to choke him on the ropes. I didn't know that. So Damo, what I did was I ended up giving the weakest slap in the face. And then he sudden, suddenly, he gets out of the ring and he starts chasing me. And like, I'm like, none of this is in the script, Damo. What have you done to me? If it helps, that's awesome. So uh, I, if we were to do this again, I would definitely not plan anything now that I know that uh, that, that, that seems to be such an issue. So... <laughs> Honestly, that, that that actually makes it better because I reckon if you'd have, if you'd have choked me, you'd have sold it, whatever. But because you gave him such a weak one, he was like, "Well, I need to beat him up now," you know. So. Can't smell this. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I didn't even remember that. That's awesome. So that, that that's great. That's great. I'm glad that you haven't forgiven me. Um, Never. We, I, I will have to make it up to you one day. You know, maybe we will uh, we, we will bond again over 
some sort of board game of some style. Uh <laughs> oh, please. Oh, what are you what are you playing at the moment, Damo? I got to, I've got to end on a board game question. So, what are you playing? Right, you're you're going to laugh at this actually. So we uh because it was only the two of us over over covid, we got very bored of 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 a lot of things. We we I think uh Oh, the one of the treehouse games we had was was one that we were playing for ages. Then we got bored of that. Um, Monopoly deal became massive actually for us because we were able to fly through that. And like, um, she would play me until she beat me, so that, it, it happened quite a lot. But we've actually went really, really old school, and it's actually Trivial Pursuit, which we're playing right now. Um, really? Because it's U.S. Trivial Pursuit, and we are both clueless when it comes to U.S. history. So we both get shafted on the history, like so. We get we get all the pieces and you're ready to go and we we keep uh, and she's a history student so she should destroy me um and uh you know so honestly that's that's what we have honestly that's what we've been playing lately but um funny i was speaking to, to zach gibson um oh his collections he, insane, he's, he, he's, a, he's a collector and we were talking about ticket to ride the other day so we might try uh might try that soon so it's it's one of my favorite games um obviously at Carcassonne and stuff like that as well. Like, um, you know, there, there's a bunch that like, when I go home, like, honestly, like, so I have like a little board game club um, in Northern Ireland. Uh, one of my best friends and a few, a few of his pals uh, we would go and play with because uh, there was a period when I was really trying to get into figure this out with, um, you know, going through my medical and all these things that I wasn't drinking because I, I was trying to take this about as seriously as I possibly could. So I was trying to to create scenarios for myself that would mean I wasn't drinking and wasn't doing mm. whatever else. So um, not that it was a major issue or anything, but like it was more, I was, ta- I was taking my training really seriously. So that's, that's how I started getting into board games. Um, because it was the best way to ha- you know spend time with with the people who I, who I love hanging around oh, with anyway. It's great, you know, and, yeah, yeah. And it, we're burying each other the entire time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, we uh, I played um, is it Werewolf the other day? I, I was at a, a games night, and that was a lot of fun. It was like a bunch of of wrestlers and their wives, and we it was awful because we all had to play roles. Um, you know, because who, uh, who was the werewolf? Who was the werewolf? So I, I never got the werewolf right, but I, I got to play the hunter in one of the games. But uh, so Shane Thorne, uh, formerly known as Slapjack, right? He was convinced I was the werewolf, right? And uh, he he had me like he managed to turn everybody against me and they all voted me out, right? But <laughs> as, as the hunter, I was able to take a shot at somebody before I left, so I shot him. So it meant that the werewolves won because we were the last two villagers. He was a villager and I was a hunter. Oh, no. So the two of us died meant that the werewolves won. So, But no, it, it was fun. We, we played that uh, played that last week because um, it was the first time we've all got together. Uh, yeah, well, of course. Everybody's yeah. vaccinated and we finally got got, got to, to play. And, you know, th- there's been games like that. Like, we tried doing stuff online and stuff. It was a little harder. Um, what we did, we, we started playing... Uh, what was the game we were playing? Uh, hold on, I'll just double check. It was one of the online games um, everybody was playing. So we would all get together. And was it Among it. Us? Uh, Among Us. And there was another one as well. Um, and like, you know, it was it was a way to try and make up for the fact that we weren't all getting together and, and doing games nights and stuff like that. Like, um, because like, you know, you really miss, one of the weirdest parts of the last the, the last couple of years is you really miss the interaction and, and the nonsense of, of hanging around with people and, and, and whatever else. So uh, Among Us was a good way because, you know, we're all lying to each other and stuff like that. And, and it was fun. And, uh, you, you know, you, you figure out really fast who's good and who's bad at lying. So uh, oh, I've got to ask, who's, who's the best liar? Who's the best liar in the, in the rocker room? So I always thought Dakota Kai was a good liar. And then 
when we when we first started playing Among Us, but I figured out all her ticks and I knew when she was a lion lion bastard, to be honest. So, um, so but she was one of the only ones I really figured out. Um, uh, Jessamine Duke was, uh, I think she always wanted to be the villain, so I think we always just voted her off every time, anyway. So, um, but yeah, no, Dakota was she at first I respected her, and then by the end, you know, I, I always knew when she was lying, you know. She had one of those innocents, you know, oh, no, I'm not, whatever. Um, but, yeah, that, 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 she's one of the worst. Uh, Dijak is one of my favorite um, because he's, he's always so deadpan when we play those games because you can't see his face. Um, so, like, he, he ended up being a very good liar. Um, but he always ended up killing himself somewhere or whatever because oh, you know, no. the, more from not knowing how to, what the rules were, you know. Um, Dijak forgets to do the tasks or whatever. So, you're like, right, he's blatantly the, the bad guy, you know. Uh, um, but no, Shane Thorne is, is the ultimate uh, liar. Even when he doesn't need to lie, he will lie. Um, he will, the, his ideal night is getting voted off every single game, even when he's not the bad guy. Um, that for him oh, is a chaos. good night. So he, he is, he is chaos. Like there's just no other way around it. Um, uh, Dio Madden uh, or Miss is is uh, a very good liar. So he, he's he's uh, him and his wife are, are particularly good at it. His wife always seems to be the villain. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know how it happens. Always the villain. So, but yeah, well, no, we, we we've got a good bunch of lads and ladies here. We, we we do the games with, and thankfully we can now do it all in person again, which is been the best part of getting to the other side of this uh th this whole pandemic so yeah of course uh, i i have a board game club of my own uh on a on a certain <laughs> youtube channel which i'm sure i will be pestering you to uh mm. to join us <laughs> at some point i may have to do something about it so we may have to do something about that you heard it here first folks awesome uh demo it's been a wonderful uh to just spend some time catching up with you seeing how you're doing i uh, wish you nothing but success in the future can't wait for the 90 days to elapse and can't wait to see where you end up next Thanks thank you so much, much for talking to me no thank you very much for having me it's it's, it's taken me all the way back to our, our wonderful days where uh you you don't forgive me anymore over things and uh, <laughs> hey, i wear hey. t-shirts that are too big for me and you know <laughs> demo bx for life you know that but also you didn't stop me getting powerbomb through a table if i remember rightly you tried your best i tried and i failed and you got powerbombed and you know what? Like you know, everything's a learning experience, Adam. Um, You'll do better next time. People, Dana, absolutely. We grow as humans, and next time we'll, we'll get it right. You know. <laughs> BX four 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 life. Awesome. <laughs> uh, have a have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you later, mate. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.